Hey, what's up, everybody? Dan Tom here from the Protect Your Neck podcast with just an impromptu intro before the music hits and the official show starts. Just wanted to remind you all of the format changes for this week and next, um, as it is Friday, a bit late in the week, which is kind of usual for my normal podcast, so I guess I'm staying on track. However, going to have top five episodes for you this week and next. I won't be breaking down uh, Glover Teixeira versus Santos, which I will be taking Teixeira. Nor will I be breaking down RDA, the Makachev card. Um, maybe I'll give you a, a tidbit who I'm taking before that on these audio versions. Of course, this audio means you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. This won't be on the YouTube version. It's going to keep it strict to video. Um, but uh, I, I realize that uh, I'm probably going to have um, some new listeners as well this week. And this is kind of a weird show to start because... First of all, the lunatics run the asylum, so to speak, on this year program, the Protecting Night Podcast. As you know, Dan Tom is not afraid to go down some uh, some dark alleyways, and uh, me and my man Ben here is we'll set up. It's a really fun episode. It's it's one of the funnier uh, uh, ones we've done because of the topic, obviously. Top five thick fighters there. Um, so just a, <laughs> I guess a general warning for those new to the podcast or myself or personality. Of course, I recently. Uh, big shouts to Ben Brown from the Tourette's Podcast, at Tourette's Pod, if you would like to follow them on Twitter and enlighten yourself more about that world. Um, I won't get into it uh, too much here, uh, you know, uh, just because, you know, in, in brevity for the show, uh, uh, obviously I'm opening up uh, and, and, you know, and proud of it, and there's no, no issue, and obviously moving toward that direction, that podcast was a big step. If you want to learn more about your hosts, for those of you, obviously, who've just known me from the mixed martial arts side of things, um, that was that was lovely. Got a lot of positive feedback, um, which I'm not used to. <laughs> if you heard the story, so that was that was really really heartwarming. Um, thank you guys for all the positive messages, shares, and uh, if you even took the time to listen, um, you know it. I, Got great feedback. I thought it was a, a great conversation. Uh, I was in good hands, thankfully, so th- uh, to make it so. But yeah, you know, it, it you know, I don't even want to say trigger warning, but maybe you know, as much of a trigger warning as I would give for this show for the comedy. Um, you know, there's some pretty raw stuff in that interview, so it, I don't. <laughs> I, I, it's not for the faint of heart at certain parts. Uh, but aside from that, I think there's some great Disney analogies and some other fun tidbits there that you might learn. So that's it on that. I also want to give a shout out to, of course, Fernanda Pratis and her podcast. She was grateful. Uh, she, I was grateful and she was nice enough to have me on. Best camp of my life. And, of course, Fernanda, you can find her on Twitter at uh, Nanda underscore Pratis. But best camp of my life, more importantly. Um, her new podcast, of course, she's producing content over there at Fanbyte, which you should also give a follow to see her content. And uh, Best Camp of My Life can be found on uh, Apple Podcasts and all places you get your podcast. Um, It's a legit podcast. In fact, I was glad I did it because shout out to her producer, Jordan, I believe his name is, um, was able, (laughs) a lot of producer Jordans, shout out to to Ordination there for a line movement. But um, he actually enlightened me on some things that I'm like, wow, so that's why it's not just my loud, obnoxious voice, it's my poor abilities as a podcaster to level out audio and I sit here and punish my listeners. So I, 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 I had the fear of bringing it up to now that it, it may be toward the front of your head. It's, it's not bad. Uh, it, it's, it's no different than any other podcast for the most part. So don't worry. However, I do realize a uh, big, 
boo-boos I've been making in the audio levels to not help um, my already loud voice drowning out my guests who are gracious enough and great uh, on their own. I just don't want to wash them out. So um, apologies for that, folks, and uh, I will be getting better um, with that audio. Um, Of course, next week I'll have Phil McKenzie from Heavy Hands. They were nice enough to give me a shout-out on this week's podcast. I'm sure you're all already listening to Heavy Hands, but in case you're not, it's another podcast. While you're over there, you know, giving a positive rating and review and subscribing to the best camp of my life, go ahead and type in Heavy Hands if you haven't already. Subscribe there. Um, they got a YouTube channel as well. Of course, that's at Boxing Bush, Connor Rebush, and Phil McKenzie at The Evil, Greg Jackson. All right, uh, let's keep it under five minutes, shall, shall we? And let's get to the fun stuff. Um, election feed's been taken over. That's maybe another reason, aside from Dan Tom being like seemingly more busy on his first week of vacation with appointments. Either way, the smoke is clearing. Let's put some positive, uh, fun, hopefully harmless entertainment out in the universe and enjoy the top five Thick Fighters in MMA. Have a good weekend, folks. The Protect Your Neck Podcast. Top five Thick Fighters in MMA with special guest Ben Cohn. As per usual, we went deep, ladies and gents, so strap in. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night What is up, my friends? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst whose work you could find over at MMA Junkie as well as linemovement.com. But on this year program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA, uh, but we do it in a bit of a different way, especially on these top five shows. Uh, the UFC schedule, the MMA schedule, let's be honest, got to give credit to Bellator, KSW, ACA, One, and all the rest, is a bit crazy so it's hard to take a break and reflect on history, but I like history. I think it's probably healthy for us all to reflect as to why we like this crazy sport. So we have these here top five shows. We'll get to the topic in one second. But on these shows, I need a co-host, which is good for me and even better for you. You're not just stuck with my droney voice the whole time. I got Agent Ben 10. That's right. Ben Cohen from the fight site, fight-site.com, where you've probably seen his work. You've seen his interviews. Agent Ben, Ben, the man on the mug. We could probably go for a bunch of names, <laughs> official or non. So uh, we'll just leave it at that before before, before I have to start uh, bleeping myself. Just kidding. You can curse on this show. What's up, Ben? <laughs> uh, not much. I am uh, trying to recover from a very long drive this morning, and I could think of no better way to do it than to join you for this uh, upcoming topic, which I'm truly passionate about. And I feel like I bring a unique perspective to the topic which i will not spoil until you drop it so well thank you for having me well I, thank you man and thank you for dropping in i don't know if i dropped the at in front of the agent ben 10 but that's where you can find him on twitter and i double back to bring that up because that's kind of where this this topic um kind of spawned uh for uh for for top five um thick fighters uh, i definitely want to talk to you ben and set you up but I mean, people are going to read this title. It's on YouTube. Hello, as we expanded the podcast beyond audio. Um, so let's definitely let, let, let's plant the seeds now. 
And then we'll just, you know, ease in, as, as everybody knows, the lunatics run the asylum here. So format's not a strong theme, but I think we have some explaining to do, do we not? Yeah. Uh, this is entirely my fault, uh, I would say. Uh, I got bored one day and decided to run a tournament for uh, who has the best ass in men's mixed martial arts. Uh, I won't spoil the winner in case uh, he ends up on either one of our lists, and I would assume that he does. But uh, it became something bigger than than anyone could have expected, and especially more. It's bigger than I am. So we, you know, Dan reached out and said, "Let's let's make this a thing." And uh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so, I, so sorry. I mean, you know. The, the the fight site asked the important questions. You guys nerd out on analysis like I do. But for anybody that listens to this show, there's also dark alleys and dark turnoffs because I, like I imagine you and plenty of your cohorts, if you will, also have a dark sense of humor. I'm, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a wild venture to guess there, Ben, but am I right? You are 100% correct. Uh, dark Dark is a word that I could say covers it pretty well. I mean, put it this way. I jokingly um, did a Patreon request where I'm like, how much for it to get Ed Gallo to do a wrestling breakdown of the shower fight scene uh, in Eastern Promises? And I was hoping to just get repugnant responses, but you you guys seem quite willing. It was scary. Uh, well, if you've seen my uh, my tribute to WAP, you, you, you would know that uh, we can uh, we can get a little too willing to do certain things, I would say. Well, that is wh- that is why the the the, uh, the the fight site has has seemingly infiltrated this podcast amongst many others. Uh, you guys hit that special chord, uh, and we're going to touch on the more unpopular chord. Obviously, we're gonna we're not actually going to not be talking so much about the technical stuff that I usually geek out on. Perhaps you hear Ben or others or people he's interviewing geek out on. We got a little bit of a different tone in the store for you folks, um, and 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 uh, we're gonna we're gonna touch back on that in a second. But then, aside from interviews, fight site, being in the MMA space, um, it seems interesting, man. Just by touching on your profile and and you know seeing you uh, through an online medium in, in a limited capacity that I have, I venture to say that you kind of come at this from a similar space than me. As me is, I don't like using the word fan. You know, like this show has listeners; it doesn't have fans. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I have a weird relationship with that word. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of come from being a fan, but more specifically, and maybe rounding more to you, uh, I come from the martial arts side of things, and um, that's the voice I'm attracted to. I like to hear more of and try to project myself, the martial arts side of things. Is that your your, your background into this? Yeah, I mean, uh, my my background and how I got into to MMA, it, I mean, I found it by accident. Some friends of mine were into it and told it me, but uh, in 2020... In 2012, uh, I dropped into an MMA expo, got a free week of training at Marcelo Garcia's, and uh, I never left. So for me, like uh, as I grew in both jiu-jitsu and, and I started writing, and I worked for a couple websites, and, and it just it kept growing. Uh, the fight site gave me an opportunity to really, I guess, stretch my legs and, and spread my wings in terms of from an analytical perspective and how I view mixed martial arts. It's helped me grow, and I love it. I mean, like to be surrounded by guys like Ryan and and Phil and and Tommy and Ed and 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 Saram and Danny and all those guys. Uh, our, our intern Greg. Uh, it's 
it's helped me grow in my love of the sport in a way that I never thought I could because I, as much as I liked the technical and analytical side, to be part of such a group of strong and I guess the anal- they're, they're the best analysts in the game. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know. Uh, people may disagree. People may agree. I, I think that they are and it's helped me grow my love of the sport. So I'm a bigger fan than I've ever been of this sport now than just even a year ago. So for me, that's exactly how I come at it. Come at it from the uh, perspective of both a fan and also someone who just really tries to pull from my own experience as a martial artist and from people who I think know better than me and are better martial artists than me. So uh, if that ramble made any sense. No, it it, it did, man. It did. And, and you know, I, that's probably why um, I, I, I pay you guys so much respect because I obviously – hold you guys in high regard, feel you guys are unheralded. And, I, you know, if you look at my hosting site that's hosted this year podcast, if you guys want to support it, MixedMartialAnalyst.com, a lot of it was designed for the same things. And I never got to the point of branching out because, um, you know, aside from the obvious, like the Jack Slacks um, or, you know, more well-known guys who would dabble and, and give due respects like Luke, the Lou Thomases of the world, there really wasn't much, you know, five or six years ago uh, for me, um, so I, that, that's kind of what I started, and I didn't exactly, you know, get off the ground because I actually ended up getting jobs so for whatever reason people employed me. Um, so the site kind of was just as is, and it just holds my content now, which is fine. But to see you guys get off a collaborative deal was super cool. But back to you, real quick. You say 2012 is when you went to Marcelo's? Yeah, uh, February of 2012 was when I officially signed up. He just did like a seminar and you could like do a training with the masters. It was Lee Kemp for wrestling uh, uh, Jimmy Pedro for judo, which I ended up interviewing him, which is kind of cool like eight nine years later to interview the guy who gave me that lesson and uh, Marcelo and he gave out a free week of training and wow. I, just, I, I never left it was the best decision one of the best decisions of my life probably marriage and kids have that but dude you uh, probably you you probably uh you probably strangled me a timer there when i when i went uh when i was passing through i think the first time i went um was either late 2011 early 2012 mm-hmm. and then i definitely had trips in the winter um mm-hmm. i was uh uh chasing a girl who lived up there and i ended up moving moving there myself i could not get a lot of time off much less afford Marcelo's, so I would use the two, it was either two weeks or something free, like a trial, but you have to have like a valid um, membership. And when I was just visiting before I moved, I was able to use one of my friends who trained there. And um, then when I moved there, I used mine. And then after that, I had to pay and it was pretty expensive, but it was so nice because I worked at the Whole Foods right in Midtown that was literally right around the corner there. So talk about too. yeah, so everybody would come and everybody would come in after like the instructors and stuff, and you'd see them right, and um and man, it was I was just so impressed with the level, um not that I I was or am or, you know ever will be anything special, but yeah I I, I felt levels before I roll with pros and stuff on the regular, uh, or decent level grapplers, higher level grapplers like, you know that feel man and was just really impressed um, with, with that. With that, uh, I was really, you know, honored to be able to train there for a little bit. Wish I trained there more, but was really impressed with that overall level. So who knows, man? Maybe I was I was strangled by by uh, Ben back in the day. I mean, back then I was just a wee little white belt, so I don't know 
or I was more of a chubby white belt. I would say is a better way of putting me. You chubby? What? I was uh, at my heaviest. I started training at Marcelo's. I was weighed two twenty at five ten. Wow. Not a good, not a good combo. It was really bad. I weigh one seventy five wow. now. So you, you look great, man. And I would have guessed you had one, you know, uh, a good metabolism or something, you know. Um, but that's not, not taking any credit. In fact, now that gives me even even more credit in my mind. I'm uh, closer to the five ten side of five nine. Um, I do the opposite thing that dudes do. You know, I always, I always, I always minus, <laughs> I always minus <laughs> instead of add. You know what I mean? Uh, but, 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 because, because, and I know this because I, I actually train with people who are, you know, uh, heighted in at an amateur and pro level on commission <laughs> heights. And they're like, dude, I'm five ten. Uh, you are the same height, if not taller than me. And I insist on, I'm like, nah, I'm five nine, man, five nine, bro. It's so. <laughs> it's just, give but, yourself that extra like oh no i'm not that tall though leave me alone leave me alone it's fine i'm sitting at i'm uh, sitting at man. two bills now which is heavy but i've never gotten up to 220 but you know I, i've moved up toward that direction not too long ago or and i've had to fight it so man mad props to you i'm hoping me getting back into jujitsu now will will help uh weld that down but um at, let, let, let's take this and segue from personal back onto the topic here in fact because uh let me embrace my thickness, you know. Usually, I, I give myself a little bit of crap here for not being down at my fighting weight, Ben. You know, there's pictures at me. Yeah, I, I made it down to 149. I might have been, I might have felt drunk at the Damn. scale. I might have felt drunk at the scale, you know, with my thick. But, but you know what? <laughs> Even though I am not thick by definition, as the Urban Dictionary, which does include the, uh, you know, the uh, the buttocks people for 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 Ben's reference earlier, it was not out of place. That is included in the description, I believe. If you go look up thick. T H I C C and Urban Dictionary, but yes, as a as a Pacific Islander, uh, you know, part Hawaiian, you know, kid, uh, you know, it, my body naturally wants to be Mark Hunt, man. Uh, so even <laughs> now, you could say I'm slim now at 200 pounds. I mean, you look at Mark Hunt; we're practically the same size. He's arguably an inch taller, and I'm like, this guy's fighting at heavyweight, and um, I don't look it. But even when I, you know. Uh, I think my last competition was at 159, so like lightweight area for grappling. But I might not look it, but I, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I've got some thicker set legs and whatnot. And uh, basically, when I'm looking at thick fighters on this list, Ben, I'm looking for guys that you know, from from butt to legs, they look like they don't need to get the arm over to the other side to finish the triangle. You know what I'm saying? They just need a good. They just if they, they get a good catch, they just need a they just need a flex, and you're getting the tap. You know? Does that make sense? That's- that's a beautiful way of putting it. I could not, I couldn't say it better myself, honestly. I That's mean, perfect. <laughs> so, so as, as we as we transition back into this ridiculous topic here, while we try to take I ourselves to serious, add, I have to add. Please add, add, add. Go ahead, please, please. I was because that just happened to me. Giving you flashbacks. Ago, I was rolling with this four C's. Lower body down, super thin upper body, just these, just these massive thoughts. Yes. And he triangled me with no arm across. I thought I was safe, and I just feel the life being squeezed out of me. <laughs> I was just like, "What is going on?" I tap. I'm like, "That's not supposed to happen." I told him this because he's a he's a blue belt, and I'm like, "You're you're not supposed to be able to do that to people. You're gonna fight people your own weight." And he's like, "Bro, I'm 190." I'm like. God damn it. <laughs> it's And it sucks because it's seriously one of the most rewarding feelings when you're able to pull it off. And <laughs> and 
I don't know if it's because I'm even thicker and less flexible now to where if I'm able to catch a triangle, I'm just like, I'm feeling I'm going to lose it in the adjustment period. Let's just, let's give the old calls a try. <laughs> I, I have some decently thick legs and I got, I got some cake to work with, but okay. like for me, it's like, I don't, I have, I have stubby legs. So like they're like short and I got this longish torso, which is just a weird, terrible combo for striking. I feel like, and yeah, yeah, the, it's, it's, mean, yeah. especially because I have short arms. It's not like I have like the long freaky arms like GSP or something like that. Like I got like short arms, short legs, and a long torso. It's like I'm Chad Mendez without any of the athleticism essentially. I can be mix and match with you. I'm like I've got short arms, which is like I was just talking on a. Uh, my buddy of mine, uh, Bill Welker, on his podcast, and I was t- like, I, that's, "That's the curse." I love and I love uh, head and arm chokes, uh, like Darces that require. It would be a lot easier if I had me some <laughs> uh, Tony Ferguson uh, set of arms on me. And my torso, though, I don't have a long torso. In fact, here's a visual because it's actually sadly really appropriate. And I don't mean this like it, was, it sounds like I'm putting myself up, but I'm not. I've got the Tom Cruise torso. I've got that weird, short, stubby. <laughs> it's it's compa- I know you think, oh, Tom Cruise is a beautiful. No, no, I'm not talking about looks, folks. I'm talking about strictly torso here. I even go back to, to '80s Cruise. I'll even give you that. Go to go to Cruise in his prime, even though he doesn't seem to age. He's got that 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 thick torso, and you realize, like, oh yeah, he's like he's a bantamweight. He's like five five. That makes sense. Um, so, you know. So, but but then I have these these long, uh, you know, thick. But also, also very, you know, long and disproportionate legs. So that's where my disproportion comes in, sir. So we're as we're crapping on ourselves, but also explaining why we relate to the thickness here. Um, keep in mind, folks, we are we are speaking of these people. We are punching up here. We are not whether it's men or even even women. We'll see if me me and Ben are brave enough to brave that front. Um, keep in mind, we are being respectful. And we we're, we're giving some praise here, baby. This is uh, this is not. We're not trying to objectify in any sort of negative way to anyone who may take it that way. We do, of course, apologize. Feel free to, to message us, and by us, I mean me, because Dan doesn't deserve this. This is my fault. So, uh, well, you know what? Know if you're upset, we can only do like you know what I'm saying. Like you can only do like uh, hook KOs or high kick KOs so many times. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'll burn through topics too fast. We, I gotta mix in some wild cards here, so. You're helping me there, but let's not speak too soon. We, we'll, we'll see what we say here. Ben, and for folks that know, we go from 5 to 1 on this show, back and forth, like a tennis game, um, and an inappropriate one in this case. Uh, and at the end, we will go listener uh, mentions to get your li- your list in, and whatever sure. uh, we, we miss, you miss, we'll clean up in our honorable mentions. Uh, and that's it's the, the basic uh, top five format for every show. Um I, I will, you know, I, I will, uh, you know, timestamp things may come up. That's fine. But uh, full disclosure, you folks might be listening to this uh, and seeing this while I'm on a vacation. Uh, or I might release it ahead of time because, you know, this this thing is, uh, there is some demand, believe it or not. There is some demand out there. We'll get to those listeners list soon. So, Ben, do you want the steering wheel first? Should I take it? Uh, what are you feeling, sir? I I think I I think I'll go first, if only because my number five is someone I doubt anybody would have thought of, Ooh. ever. Okay. Uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and drop it, and and I want to drop my reasoning before I drop the name. My reasoning for this is there's a beauty in aesthetics, and there's a beauty in symmetry in these aesthetics. So 
when people think of the term thick, they're usually going to go waist down. And this man has that. <laughs> but it's it's not just the waist down. This is a man who you, your mom and my mom most certainly would have seen this at the age of 50 and gone, well, that's a strapping young man right there. And taken the picture to the room. Now, oh my God. Ron Waterman, Ron oh. Waterman that nobody would have brought in. But I urge every man, woman, child, and mother listening to this podcast to Google Mr. Ron Waterman. The facial hair one. To see this, to see this behemoth of a human being in wa- <laughs> washed blue jeans staring just with the ultimate smolder with his bleached... Uh, goatee holding a chain you and everyone who you know will understand just why I chose Ron Waterman now the reason why I thought it was important now he may not have the single largest ass in on this list or even compared to some honorable mentions but to be so symmetrical to have the upper body to match the lower body I feel like that truly encompasses the word thick in a way that some people just don't. And that is why Ron Waterman takes my number five. He's got the cake. He's got the legs, sure. But in addition to that, he's thick up top. And I think that's equally as important in many ways. So that is why Ron Waterman is my number five. Yeah, and you really got to make sure, you know, I think the mustache really drove home the mom comparison for me. (laughs) <laughs> and not all of them are, are going to pull up the one, the Ron Waterman with the mustache. Um, but, but I tell you, that is just, I mean, you can't, it looks like you could be a, dra- a character like in, in Dragon Ball Z for the American wrestler guy or something. Like he just looks like that character, like who they draw in standard. Like we need, we need the Ron Waterman imagery. Like you, he's, he's, it's a, there's a default all aspect to that. Oh, that's fantastic. Dude, he's the live-action Nappa. That is... Yes! Oh, my goodness. Wow. (laughs) Scoot over Glover Teixeira with a goatee. Enter Ron Waterman. That is a great Nappa. Holy crap. And by the way, if you want to go down that road, I I, I have uh, uh, Fabio Maldonado as... um, What was his name? Which can you got with the weird hair? He's got that weird hair, especially when Maldonado got punched a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Raku. That's who uh, I had Mal- Mal- Fabio Maldonado as for my... All right, Dan, don't, don't go down that hole. Ron Waterman's a great number five. That's a great hipster choice. Uh, at least for me and, and listeners of this show will know, my number five slot is a hipster slot. And um, I'm going to go hipster myself, Ben, for number five. Uh, and uh, in, in the spirit of the fight site, it will be somebody who's made a top five list of mine before. I believe he made uh, it on there for uh, his knockout of Terrell Ragamoff on my top five hook KOs with Connor Rebush. And he makes it back here. No, it is not Fight Sight. Uh, who, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you, everyone on the Fight Sight, by the way, who's been on this show, has managed to uh, sneak in Ali Bagoff into their uh, top five. <laughs> and I, I said last time, like, as to Ryan Wagner's a running joke, like, I don't care what the topic is. It could be the least Ali Bagoff thing, which he actually could qualify for. I mean, that's, 
He's got some muscles on him, that boy. But, uh, but you know, like, it doesn't even matter if it's something that he wouldn't qualify for. Like, I would like it if every fight, no pressure, Ben. It's just a running joke. Like, you guys should, like, jokingly add an Ali Bagoff for every uh, every list, even if he doesn't belong. But I'm going with Oleg Borisov, baby. 5'3", 64.2. I mean, you know you are short when you're fighting for the point two. When have you ever seen a point two listed on Tapology? Oleg Borisov, that's who. You got to fight for every inch when you're generously listed at 5'3". You're fighting at bantamweight, but you're just a ball of brick muscle who was scoring knockouts at featherweight where you're extra thick, Oleg Borisov was. And again, that, that knockout of Tural Ragamoff is just burnt into my brain. I know he's on a current three-fight losing streak. He got some majority decisions in there, you know. But um, uh, still, man, Borisov it, it always ranks high with me. He just makes no sense. He's got uh, an amazing base as well, not just knockout power, right? Like, you've seen guys get in on his hips. They're almost off the ground, and he's rotating his hips, hitting the inside kind of sweet move for, like, that kind of poor man's Uchimata to reverse position, to re uh, reverse spots midair. Like, he's got that kind of sickness and explosion, which is another thing, I think, about not just the physique that we're, you know, for the most homoerotic episode ever. Nothing wrong with that, by the way, folks, but... Let's just call it what it is here. Um, we're also talking about performance as well, for what it's worth. There is some analysis, and I think the, the, the amazing thing about Thick Fighters is that unspoken um, power from knockouts to grappling that's really hard to account for, right? Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I wanted to... to... I probably should have gone into how good of a, a wrestler Juan Waterman was too. Now that I think about it, but I was a little bit too focused on We're enamored. Uh, the fact that my mom definitely would have absolutely just immediately just taken my computer from me and borrowed that for a little while. So I probably should have just mentioned his wrestling at least. So it's good that you brought that. Part oh, dude! I mean, I mean, real quick: '90s MMA, you know, '90s early 2000s MMA uh, possible play, you know, who Playgirl would approach. I got to imagine it's like Ken Shamrock, Ron Waterman, right? Yeah, he's got to be up there. He's he's the perfect like look for that for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, just a quick scroll through Google Images will. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's... I I I I I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole myself in his Google image search. I'm not even gonna lie to you. <laughs> this is definitely the most homoerotic episode of the, which says a lot for 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 listeners of this show. Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, you talk about thickness in the lower half of Waterman. When you were using that description, I'm like, I, I have to give a disclaimer too, like. Especially with, 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 like, my number three when we get there. Like, it runs dangerously close where these guys could qualify on other lists, speaking of lower half. But I, I, I don't want to tread on um, other podcasts. And if I were to do that kind of a top five, I would definitely need a Patreon paywall to hide behind for one. And I would probably have to bring someone from the MMA Analysis Podcast for some good old hog analysis. But, hey, rescue me from this hole I'm digging us in, Ben. Uh, yeah, so I got to take it out of the homoerotic space. Okay, you so. got your number four set up? I got my number four set up, right, and let's uh, go. here's where we enter the danger the danger zone. And uh, okay, look in <laughs> advance. Nobody's going to disagree with me on this. I want to make that clear. You can't. If you do, you're wrong. And uh, it's Rachel Ostovich. Oh, Hawaii! All right. Speaking of the of the natural thick bodies that I I said. Floor is yours, Ben. Let's go. Look, Let's hear it. Look, okay. There's, look, I was trying, like, in my head to justify not putting Rachel Osovich on here because, like I said with Ron Waterman, I want to see 
I want to see thickness in a muscular sense in, in a lot of ways. Like I want to see somebody who's thick, but also like thick. <laughs> and then I was looking through pictures and I was like, why am I lying to myself? This is just stupid. You know she's on this list. Who are you trying to fool? Are you trying to be like the uh, you know, the hipster, like I'm not going to put Rachel Ostovich on the thickest fighters in MMA? Get over yourself. Put Rachel where she belongs. She's easily, arguably a number three. And uh, I'm going to put her at number four if only because like I still want to have that like little hipster thing going on where I'm like, I'm not going to put her in the top three. All right. I'm just going to like not put her in the top three. Can't do it. But Rachel Ostovich, the thickest of thick below the and, you know, a matching, a matching, a matching top to uh, to go along with not listen, maybe not the most, uh, you know, skilled fighter in terms of like the, her her overall performances. Uh, she's definitely improved. I think we do know that based on her recent fights. Uh, but, you know, there's still some some who would say she's not necessarily the most skilled fighter. Uh, but this ain't a list about the most skilled fighters in MMA. This is a list about the thickest fighters. Hey, uh, and, and we're talking about thigh strength, right? And and you know, um, uh, you know, uh, say what you will about about the skill discrepancies of Ostovich, and that's no shot. But we talked about how useful thick thighs can save lives from oh, yeah. guard, right? How are most not just even what's not not even what's the most submission in female MMA fights been? How are most female MMA fights finished? What I mean, would you be? Your, what would be your, your your guess? Highest percentage? Probably, you know, arm bars. I would say. There we go. So I mean, that that probably doesn't hurt, right? Yeah, right. It doesn't, <laughs> that hurt. doesn't hurt Rachel hitting She's those got arm a bars. Bunch of arm bars. Yeah. I think most of her wins oh, yeah. are arm bars. Uh, and uh, I kind of want to see her do the Ben Askren thing with a watermelon. So. Well, I mean, speaking of you know paywalls, I mean that's something that you know <laughs> we'll we'll have to you know someone will have to get in her ear about that. Because these fighters got to make some money, man. They're not, I mean, they're going out there and they're busting literal watermelons on people's heads and, you know, barely getting the, the regular bonuses. So we got to figure something out, right? I'll bet you 50 bucks that that breaks the affliction pay per view record. Jeez. <laughs> In this day and age, man, especially. Oh, no well, question to me. OnlyFans is going to take, take over Bellator for uh, number two for UFC's competition if they're not careful, if you ask me, but. Fuck Dazin going to OnlyFans <laughs> to watch the next Canelo fight. <laughs> yes, that's right, baby. Man, you're making me want to change my my, my number four was almost a, a female who, who ends up with the H next to her name, which is the special honorable mention spot. So I'll save that for then. Um, all my spots here are kind of more personal because that was the only way to, to decipher. Peeling back the curtain, me and Ben whittled down our list fairly okay, but... Numbering these as often as the case, even for the more serious topics, uh, just as those, it, that was kind of the harder thing for us. Um, so what, what separated it for me, Ben, was more personal things. And again, as a thick dude who came in, you know, actually it was not as thick as I am now, sadly. I was in, you know, the 180 to maybe 190 range, definitely 190 range, um, going into Extreme Couture. And about 2007 is when I signed up, I think, 2008-ish. And... Um, training there and it was great because they didn't have the two room it was all the one room and i think between four and six or so they had pro practice uh sparring and uh, i would show up early and maybe because i was quiet and polite enough they let me go in and kind of stretch and you weren't stretching you were just watching 
uh, what was essentially the the sparring finish out, and you're watching guys like Tyson Griffin versus Gray Maynard, Gray Maynard versus Martin Campman, and all these like dream matchups, right? Like Matt Brown jumped in there, like oh that's the right after the Ultimate Fighter, you know, you're like oh that's the heroin guy. I thought he was dead. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, this was like kind of like the heyday, right? Randy's still competing, right? He's, he's in his comeback. He might have even had a belt, and. Uh, it is, you know, one of the super camps of the super camps in this era of super camps, right? And even though lightweight is still a, a developing and not as popular, you do got some lightweights. And as big as Gray Maynard, the talks was, he was, which was crazy, like back in the day, people were like, I don't know how Gray Maynard makes 155. And now, you know, he's fought at 145. He's no longer considered a big 55-er. Uh, but another guy in that discussion was Tyson Griffin, who is my number four. And um, he is, uh, he is just, he was just another guy where, I mean, I remember I used to have uh, conversations with um, this heavyweight, uh, my, my dude from New Zealand, Bryce Rattani. He's he's fought pro MMA. I think he boxed Joseph Parker. But it, and and Bryce kind of got got down in weight a bit too. Uh, he actually did a really good job. But for a guy that he had the Mark Hunt thing, he was actually taller and bigger looking than Mark Hunt. Um, but he had trouble getting to 265. Like, he would have to fight, like, super heavyweight regional stuff or something. And people didn't understand because he was a big guy, but he didn't look that big. And so we got along because we understood the the, the thick island boy troubles, right? The thick boy problems, how, you know, I had the same, I was a much smaller version, but I had to kill myself just to get to, you know, 155 to 145 range. And I'm not big by those, you know, even if you want to be generous and say I'm 5'10", there's no way I'm longer than a 68-inch reach. Like, I'm not uh, – and I'm definitely not physically imposing looking. That's for dang sure. So – but I would have to kill myself and work three times as harder than the athlete. And that's what was the – you get no credit for it, of course. And usually don't don't show much for it because I was more of a gym guy than a, than a competition guy, another story. But it was just nice to talk to someone that had that struggle. And he would always bring up Tyson Griffin. He's like, oh, I don't know my – how Tyson gets down there, he's like a brick. He's like a brick. <laughs> And, like, Tyson, I think, eventually got down to 45 and even fought at 45 before, I believe, is when he knocked out Faber uh, back in the Dizay. But, yeah, man, he was just a guy who I would kind of mark. And I didn't have much interaction with him. I didn't know him. He seemed like a nice enough guy. But he was a guy where I marked where I'm like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And uh, it sounds silly and stupid, but I think we all kind of will find models, whether it's a game skill level or a, a physique or a look. And Tyson Griffin was a guy where I'm like, if that bricked up dude can, that thick dude can get down, maybe I can too. So I ranted and raved, but it sounds like you've got some love for Tyson Griffin, Ben. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, he's my number three. The, the, this is the overlap that we were discussing. And, I sunk uh, your battleship. You sunk my battleship, but uh, I got him at my number three spot because I, I've mentioned before that I like symmetry and I like that. And Tyson, was, you know, he was not a small man up top, but uh, sometimes the dumper is just so enormous, and just the the cheeks are so thick, the clap can be heard from across the arena, through the crowd, through everything. You could just hear Tyson going clap, 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 and that's because of the one of the asses of the century, you might even say. Was it was it UFC 67 where Joe Rogan anointed it in that Frank Yeager fight? Wasn't that the uh, famous line? I think that was it. I, I think you're right. I don't. Uh, was it that Frank Yeager fight? 
I would have thought it was later, but uh, I actually actually Googled it a, a couple days ago, and that that was the fight that came up for whatever reason. Um, I it would have been something a little further down, but yeah. Me too, me too. I thought right. too. Like they, they went right off the bat, but I mean, it's hard to sell. I mean, Rogan's affinity for leg kicks and men's thighs is something that's very far-reaching for those who aren't aware. Like he gets lost in the sauce. Like Rogan, you know, aside if it was like Czech Congo or like you know who we used to like literally get hard at the weigh-ins. Like it was my favorite thing going to MMA Junkie weigh-in photos before the live streams were a big deal. And you would see Rogan just like Googling and be like, Dan, you're sick. You're, you're, you're I'm like, yes, it's true. I am sick and perverted in the head, but it's really there. And sure enough, when Rogan would have his podcast, who would he always bring up when he was talking about, you know, low, below the waist stuff or muscles? Check Congo, right? I wasn't imagining things, was I? But Rogan also loves, like there's that meme where it's like Rogan, he go, he's thinking and it goes, I want more leg kicks here, Mike. In fact, all I want is leg kicks. Because that was his, remember that was his, that was his, that was his, people make fun of him. Like that's Joe Rogan's fix for everything is more leg kicks. But in Joe's defense, it was because like perhaps me and you, Ben, are guilty of clearly uh, not to pick on Joe or put him on an island here is that maybe he's got an eye for the thickness, you know? I mean, even guys like Ante Guloff, who is a no-name fighter, you go back and watch uh, his first fight. Joe Rogan is talking about his thighs the whole damn time, all the way until the replay. Every Ben Henderson fight was about 12 minutes of Joe Rogan just drooling oh, over his thighs. First of all, we might really need to revisit this for strictly thighs alone because yeah. Ben Henderson might win that one a pretty high. Like he had, but we can't get sidetracked. We can't get sidetracked. I know, I know. Think of the asses. All right. Think of the asses. Uh, Think of the asses. All I'm hearing is uh, Conor McGregor's voice in my head. Those tick toys. Oh, look at those tick toys. <laughs> Sorry, apologies for the terrible accent. Move on, save us from this. Tyson Griffin's ass is phenomenal. It's <laughs> basically the point we're trying to make here. Yes, and, pretty much. Uh, like, he brings a, a, a comfortable cushion everywhere he goes. Imagine being able to sit on a park bench and feel like it's a freaking lazy boy. How amazing would that be? Uh, I, I feel like uh, if he would have done the atomic butt drop on Wanderlei Silva, there would have been a hole through the ring. That's all I can say. Dude, that's true. I mean, he's he's and he's got that thing like whether he's in camp or off the camp. And forgive me, ladies, on commenting on the female body. I'm just repeating things I've heard female athletes say, especially when they cut weight or get in a certain shape and a certain cardiovascular sport, they lose their boobs and they complain about it, right? I don't think. All I'm trying to say is I don't think Tyson Griffin had that complaint uh, on the no, buttocks. I think it's quite the opposite. I think that the reason why he tried cutting so much is because dragging that huge dumper around probably was a chore. I mean, that's I mean, that's another thing. That's another reason why I'm including height and in their weight classes to kind of give that proportion. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we'll save it for the thighs, the best thighs in MMA, or the, you know, the uh, again uh, shout outs to the, uh, the the analysis for the hog analysis. Yeah, dong. Uh, a lot of those have, have very similar proximities, right? I mean. There's a reason why they're like, what? This guy is only so hot. This guy's only so tall. Like, he should be fighting at two weight classes lower. Like, uh, wrong. You seen? You, you you look, you looked in the midsection. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just I'm punching up, folks. I'm punching up. Forgive me. I'm just I'm just saying. I want to use Tyson Griffin's ass as a speed bag. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <clears throat> so, folks, note that Ben actually has Tyson Griffin higher on the list than. Um, number then then number 
Oh wait, you already went for your number four. Um, my bad. It was uh, it was uh, that was not my number three. That was Rachel Osovich. So we went right to your number three. So that actually worked out perfectly. You didn't have to skip one. It kind of bridged right over. So does mm-hmm. that mean the basketball is back in my court? I should know this. I'm it the is, host. Sir. Yeah, well, that's kind of perfect because we were just talking about guys who could qualify in the thigh range. And, uh, you know, again, I don't want to uh, I don't want to I don't want to steal on on another podcast, which I always make sure I give due credit to for their their uh, I don't even want to say it's a gimmick or a shtick because they just live by the same Bible as we do, apparently. <laughs> but uh, the, the MMA analysis podcast who originated and I bring them up uh Ben, because they originated this name for William Knight at my number three, Thick Willie, Thick Willie, baby. <laughs> and I, this is Thick Willie is pretty high, but he's, it's funny really because like Thick Willie's a perfect number three because he's the only person on this list who, given time, he can climb his way up. I mean, especially that he's showing these Derek Lewis vibes about his style and he's just overcoming fights that he should be losing. I mean... You know, uh, and just letting the, the legend of his thickness grow, he could easily climb his way up this list. However, whether he's at three or number one, Willie is so thick. Again, back to the reason why I mentioned the hog analysis, guys. You'll have to ask Wesley Colvin, who mentioned something about a Pringles can. I don't know. You'll have to ask him about that. The point is, thick Willie could be at number three, but I feel like who's at my number four? Tyson Griffin. I feel like Tyson Griffin's doing this. Like, dog. Get out of my box, tank. You're, you're sagging into my box. You know, like I mean Hollywood Squares or something. Like yeah, that. I mean Thick Willie's like everywhere. I mean, and I don't have any personal interaction with him. Although when I mentioned uh, a, a potential MMA manager, I think behind the screens uh, scenes that I didn't realize works with this guy um, is uh, Tyson Chardier, who I, I like and respect, and he, he apparently follows my stuff, and I didn't realize that. And I'm like, holy crap, has Tyson just been hearing me jaw on about? just the thickness uh, of his fighter <laughs> and like, because Tyson's like a, a is, is a legit, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt has fought uh, corners like cater, all these guys. And he shared in interviews, which I'm flattered that I, I guess I'm, uh, I'm one of the accounts that uh, they'll assign someone in the corner um, to look at media scores or of trustworthy media, because to get an idea where they're at in the rounds, because you can't really score when you're cornering and you obviously can't trust the judges. Um, and I've been told sometimes that, some people as well will, will, will kind of reference, uh, you know, refer, reference, uh, you know, uh, what, what I think. So I'm like thinking about that. I'm like, I hope he's not referencing too much about what I think because, man, have I been like, and I don't have any personal experience with Dick Willie, but he showed up on Contender Series twice. I was there for the first time in person last year um, when we were still, well, uh, well, it was easier to cover these things in person. And literally, I've never, I've seen so many thick muscular crazy things in the sport in gyms at fights um i literally and like i watched the promo package you do the study on i didn't really realize how thick this what guy was until he walks into the apex it's a small intimate venue folks and he's walking up the stairs and i mean as beautiful as laura sanko is even she couldn't command my attention the way thick willie did I literally did one of those, like, Paul Rudd from Wet Hot American Summer Double Takes. I had John Morgan. Everyone knows John Morgan. Remember my junkie? I had him sitting next to my right. And and it was one of those perfectly timed things. We both did the double take to each other. Like, what the f- Is that real? <laughs> did somebody have one of those, like, balloon j- bike? Did, did somebody bicycle pump it? Like, hook him up to a bicycle pump before he went out there? Like, I literally thought that's what happened. I've never seen a thicker fight. I, I almost wanted to put this guy 
to an immediate number one back then. Like, that's how thick this man is. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to get lost in the thickness here. Uh, is this is this guy, I know he's not a big name, so I don't blame you, Ben. But was he even on your radar? He was, he was actually, it's interesting that you asked that because immediately after the conclusion of the, uh, I think this was immediately after or right before the conclusion of the tournaments, the initial tournaments, when he fought, uh, somebody tweets at me, a new contender has entered the arena. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I was like, I legitimately was thinking the exact same thing. Oh, yes. Uh, oh. I have him. I have him. He was on my radar. So there is no question that he was on my radar. He did not make my top five, though, and that is because the top two people, I, I, I feel like at least one of them you'll have, but uh, I decided to, for my list, I had to pay tribute to a legend who was unfortunately taken from us far too early. Oh. He was, uh, he was known as the monster, oh. and while that was more related to his fighting ability and style it truly does encapsulate him as a thick man this man's thighs this man's ass this man's torso and chest and biceps every single muscle group that was somehow fit into this 220 pound man's body yet still looked 250 defined thick in a way that uh it's it's hard as a as a that large of a man and just that's why I, I actually put guys like Waterman on here and Randleman because like you said when you're smaller and you're larger it shows more but when you're a large man and you're large and in charge that's where I have true respect because you took something that it's more of like I'm really thin I'm really thin I'm really thin but look at this ass. No, 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 no. I'm thick everywhere, and you're still going to look at my ass because goddamn, bro, Kevin Randleman, rest in peace. Sir, I, I, I don't know if this would actually amuse you or entertain you, but my <laughs> God, what, what an ass on you, sir. And uh, you, you're, you were a UFC heavyweight champion, but you still have one of the thickest fighters of all time belt, in my opinion. You are the number two... <laughs> thickest person I could have thought of when coming up with this list. And while you're not used to being number two, and you may not have liked it, God damn it, this is an honor. And I hope it means something to you uh, if you're looking down on us. And I hope you smile. Thinking <laughs> of how thick your ass was. And the rest of you. That's a stirring tribute. That's a stirring tribute, Ben. Stirring tribute here on the Protect Your Neck podcast in <laughs> the late great Kevin Randleman. You know he's he's coming to visit me in a dream and he's going I don't know you but what the fuck man <laughs> what the fuck man what the yes fuck? that's great you reminded me of a of a story maybe I'll I'll share if I remember too um but also of a Kevin Randleman story I might have shared once uh, but I don't know if it was on this podcast um so that's a great pick for one because like it's that athleticism right and especially doing the jump the Kevin Randleman jump you know, to intimidate people that he would do in the beginning of every match because that's like the ultimate, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think it's um, dichotomy. I don't think it's oxymoron, though there's a bit of that in there. But of what the thickness and that athleticism brings to where you're so thick 
that's more gravity uh, to be weighing you down. But at the same time, you're so thick. You got all that rocket power. <laughs> and it's like, but you don't really know. It's hard to proportion in your head until you see them perform, right? Like, which, which you know, which kind of thickness is it? And obviously, there's a lot of rocket power in uh, Kevin Randleman. And man, I don't know how Randy Couture was able to weather that storm of thickness when they fought back in the day. I watched that a couple months ago. Revisited that classic. Wow, Fedor's alive. How the yeah. hell is Fedor even alive? How is he alive? <laughs> yeah, from that. He won that fight. <laughs> and I remember, um, I don't know if you remember Tough One, Alex Schonauer. Um, he was oh, a, yeah. a, 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 is he kind of, I think he's Eastern European guy, you know, he kind of had a Borat-y vibe to him and not to be mean or anything, but he was great. And he would do, teach like the general MMA classes, like 2007, 2008. And Kevin Randleman was popping in like, and he would do like promotions. He actually worked with like my old karate school and would do stuff at the amateur MMA events to help, help promote them, which was really nice. Um, but he came into extreme couture and I remember it was like wrapping up a lesson and he's, and Alex Schoenhauer was like, okay, anybody, any question? No. No, okay, you know, because no one really talked. Like it was just, you know, like, you just kind of did what he said in Alex Schoenauer classes, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear Alex from off the mat, and then you hear Schoenauer, and then you see him see that it's Randleman. And he goes, oh shit! And like a cartoon, you hear like the footsteps like kind of come clearer in the in the sound, and he just rushes and tackles Schoenauer, and he's like, stop it! What the fuck are you doing? Please stop! And then he puts him like in a head and arm. And does one of the things where he like taps and he still kind of goes out afterwards, which happened to me this past weekend. Those are so brutal. Um, and then he's like, what the fuck, man? What did you do? He's like, good to see you, Alex. And then he just gets off and, leave, you know, like, and he was so detached, like a late, a late career Mike Tyson is now where he's kind of not all, doesn't seem all, you know, kind of all there. And I was just thinking, I'm like, this guy is still a beast. Like, why didn't he just take everybody down and head and arm choke him with that thick frame? Like, there's no way anyone could survive that head and arm choke with what that guy was working with. Like, th that should have been your move from the shoot. Just polish that. Can you imagine being triangle choked by Kevin Randleman? Oh, jeez. And Just... not, and, 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 and then, no, what's the worst part, being triangle choked? Or trying to figure out what to do with the babies that he just impregnated with you with in the process of it? <laughs> Be hacking, hacking in the gym garbage can for a different reason. Jesus, I'm sorry for that visual, I'm, folks. I'm sorry. I'm raising. What are you talking about? I'm raising those kids to be a freaking high-level MMA team. Are you crazy? That's, oh, that's that's genetic gold. Yeah. I'm taking everything that I got there, and I'm bringing them all to wrestling camps. And yes. I'm gonna just have them ruin everybody on the local jiu-jitsu circuit. Yeah, I guess in my case it would be like a Tiger Woods, right? Because you know he'd be mixing a bit with the Asians, so I'd have to like be like, all right. You get the base, best of both worlds. We got some mental determination and uh, some raw, thick thickness and athleticism. Let's do it. I I guess I'll give them the uh, the, the well-known athletic Jewish genes. Hey, you guys were good boxers in the early in the early century, but uh, that, that's yeah. another. Re <laughs> hey, you know what? Either it's way, been a while. Either it's way, we minute. we both could use it. Put it that way. I think that's another reason why. I get along with you so well, Ben. The, the, the Chinese and the Jews. Maybe it's the lifelong oppression. Uh, but you know, we, we've uh, we get along really well for whatever reason. My mother always said the Chinese and the Jews get along. You know, and, and I'm like, oh well, it's probably it's probably some 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 parallels to that. So that's another reason why I love you even more, sir. Um, but yeah, Thick Willie, man. Uh, Thick Willie was my number three. 
Where the hell are we at? We got lost in the sauce, didn't we, guys? Oh, yes, you, Kevin Randleman. Kevin Randleman was your number two, and that reminded me of that Kevin Randleman story. And, um, yeah, man, that's a that's a great number two there. Great number two. You didn't sink my battleship, though. I thought you were. Perhaps I'll sink one of yours. My number two is kind of in tandem with my number one, so you can guess my number one probably off the number two. Um, and I'll get into the logic later. But, uh, man, this was another one where I don't have any personal experience with this guy. Even if I did, I don't think we could understand each other. In fact, even if I spoke Portuguese, I don't think we could understand each other. That's right. Who's some more Paul Jarez? <laughs> the first time I saw this guy, man, was... I know, right? I'm, I'm not trying to be mean uh, with that comment, but yes, right? Uh, the, and Which is ironic because the first time I saw this guy was... Um, I believe one of the first weigh-ins I went to live, and this is making me sound older now, as it comes, UFC 84 Ill Will at the MGM, Sean Shirk versus BJ Penn. And, of course, uh, Ivan Salivary, which is an old as, old as shit name, I believe, uh, fought Husamar Paul Jarez. And it's like the days where, like, this is the uh, Dana is my bitch, the infamous Tito Ortiz. Like, that's how long ago this weigh-in was. This was that weigh-in, folks. Um, so people were actually weighing in live in real time where you didn't know if they were going to make weight. You didn't know if they're going to have a shirt disparaging the president of the company. Like these were the golden days, okay, folks. This was the good, the good days. Best times. The best, best times. Time. And uh, so you got this guy like Paul Jarez who comes out, and he's, by the way, a lot of these fighters not as thick when they first got into the UFC. I noticed there's a no. trend there. I don't know if it's strength and conditioning. I don't know if it's strength and conditioning. Um, but yeah, they tend to put the, the thickness on. And, but Paul Harris, I noticed he had this just, and it, you know, there's an unfortunate story behind it you would later learn, but I'm like, dude, did this guy just come out of a knife fight? Because he's got this giant scar on his chest. He looks like they just let him out of a cage. And I'm apologizing, I'm not trying to be offensive with any, but he looks the freaking part, folks. Like, And then you find out his background, you're like, oh no, this is the real life Mowgli from the Jungle Book. Um, and you want to root for him, but then he just is using his thickness for not the, 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 the greater good. He is using his thickness, you know, for the bad, you know. He is like uh, like Mr. Glass taught us in Unbreakable, you know. The, the hero and the villain are very similar, man. It's just they, they respond to adversity different, and something happened deep into those jungles. I don't know what came out, but Paul Harris is a monster. Uh, ever since he even got out of the UFC, he only got more thicker to where he looked like he took all the steroids. I'm sorry, I think he's popped, so I, I think that's okay to say, right? It's a pretty safe assumption. It's a very safe assumption, and uh, yeah. my God, like I've never seen someone uh, upgrade their thickness to the level that he has. Honestly, it's like a video game, right? Where you he you download the real. expansion pack, you're like, he does not look real. No. It looks like when you would have like those WWE games, and you'd make the creator character, and then just like max out their muscles with a tiny ass head. Yeah, five eight, seventy one inch reach, folks, at middleweight, which looked very difficult for him to get down to. He looks like he strolls oh, he's not a anymore. There's no way. No way he, he can make I, it, right? I can't imagine how he makes it. The guy looks like he weighs... I mean, I, the last time he fought was like 2018. I think so, Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't see how the man is anything less than a light heavyweight at this point, honestly. I mean, and not even just his, like, you know, record on the grappling scene or within the UFC. Um for holding submissions too long, but, like, even just, like, uh, you know, using your thickness for the evil, how could you use it for evil? Like, oh, using it for knee joints, like, trying to pl 
pry someone so thick off of your knee. Like there is really like no more evil or way, right? To to really apply that thickness and and Husmar does that. Uh, don't forget him gouging the eyes of Jake Shields. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And then holding the Kimura for too long. <laughs> and looking so, and he looks so genuinely questionable why people are upset. Every time he's like, "What? I don't understand. What? Uh, what he's either the most maniacally evil person, or there's the alternative where he genuinely doesn't understand what he's doing is wrong, which is a probably an indication that he should not be fighting in a cage in the first place." But I brought this up tongue in cheek, and I'm obviously very sensitive um, to you know uh, not just people, but you know uh, anything revolving the mental health spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean it in that way. But even from a light tongue-in-cheek way, which is arguable, you can do that these days, right? And I, I'm not arguing. To sure. a more realistic way, um, if, you, if, if I throw out a term like Team Spectrum and MMA, there's legitimate fighters you could make a case for that are functionally functioning and fucking people up. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not hating on it. I, I'm just saying. I, I don't know how I would react uh, if that was a thing. Uh, well, no, I, I'm lying. I know exactly. I would, I would immediately start laughing because that's, if if they, as as a collective, like if you know people who, man, like if if Husamar Pahalas had a team of Husamar Pahalas, <laughs> and they called themselves Team Spectrum MMA, that would be the most dark, and and. Like, I don't know how it reacts. Like, that's an Anthony Jeselnik sketch come to life. Yeah, like, I mean, that's... That's, that's not, an Anthony Jeselnik line come to life. We're, I don't know how else to put it. We're treading down some dark some dark territory. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna try to pull up. I'm going to try to pull this plane up. No, no, no. Uh, I, but, I understand completely. But no, you... you I, I, and I happen to be, to, to, to your point, I'm actually uniquely sensitive to it as well due to my personal experiences with that. I used to work with... Um, with special needs kids all the time, actually, is one of the best times of my life. Um, just that experience, and also, you know, I had family as well. And I, th- I will never, ever, ever forget what this kid told me. I was trying to help him do his homework, and he just did not want to do it. He had cerebral palsy, and obviously, he was not all there mentally as well. Smart though. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to use the word. But, you know, for those who don't like hearing the R word, I do apologize. I'm literally quoting him word for word when I say this. Sure. I was like, you have to do your homework. You have to do your homework. He looks at me, could almost not keep a straight face as he said this and goes, what do you want from me? I'm retarded. I couldn't breathe. I legit, I I inhale. (gasps) He looks at me points and just starts laughing his ass off at me he's like gotcha got a reaction from you wow i couldn't wow i respect that hustle yeah and i'm gonna do your homework for you tonight (laughs) that's what's up but next time you have to promise me you're doing your homework yeah he says deal that's what's up man that's what's up i was it was. It was. I was gonna that, feel. Re- I was gonna feel really sad if, if that that story didn't take that turn. If that was oh just his God. feelings, I was gonna feel crushed could, and heartbroken. Like, I so I'm glad. Laugh. I'm glad he saved it. He saved I it. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't laugh. I was like, no, 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 no. You didn't just say that to me. Right. He's like, he he was trying to get a to reaction, me, and he yeah, totally. Wow. So I gotta give 
credit to that. So, no, totally, uh, totally, man. That's and and I did a, I respect that. That's awesome. I didn't know that about you. And uh, and yeah, man. Like even not to timestamp it because the release of this is gonna be wonky from when we're recording it. But sure. yeah, I mean, and and this will be public. Maybe uh, will be public by the time this by the time this comes out. Mm-hmm. But I uh, recently did a podcast uh, revolving um, um, a, a more known mental health podcast about a specific issue um, that I have experience and insight on. So um, believe me, yeah, I'm not, I, you know, don't, you know, and, and if anything, it'll explain a lot of my humor and why it's so dark. So it, when we bring that stuff up, it's not to take a shot. And in fact, when oh, you look at a guy like back on track with who's Mar Palhares, I mean, there's legit, you know, uh, weird, funny, whatever word you want to use talking points aside like no there's legit uh grounds oh, of like sure. questioning that dude i'm like you know and i'm not uh, talking about the grander issue of uh, oh is someone mentally fit to do anything i, I believe me i'm not going to feed that monster no, I understand. um I mean, but but like as far as like yeah that could be a dude who as far as people who are functional like and there's a gun in my head and they're like name one functionally uh functionally fighter on the spectrum i'm like who's more behind don't shoot me you know that's gonna be my like you know what i'm saying like if that makes sense I, I mean, I, I think it is, it does make perfect sense. And I think that with Husamar in particular, uh, as, as an example, it does, it is a legitimate question to bring up. I mean, the dude nearly ended Mike Pierce's career. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's okay to talk about certain things. And yeah, uh, I think it's also, if we're going back to the topic at hand of thickness, that's a sick number two. That's a really good number two. And I definitely had him on my radar as well. Uh, but he just didn't make it to the top five, and uh, man, I- I'm surprised we uh, haven't had crossover yet. But I think we might have some on number one. What do you think, Ben? Uh, do you want to try and say it at the same time and see if we got the guy? We got the guy. Uh, okay. Do you want to count us off, and uh, we'll say it at the same time? Uh, after, well, I'm gonna say three, two, one, and then we just say the name. Okay. Cool. Full name. Full name. Okay. Three, two. One. Tara Hector Woodley. Lombard. Oh, oh, wow. I thought we would overlap there because he's in my honorable mentions also. Wow. That's really interesting. I really thought you would pick the the, – the, uh, I, I mean I have to go with the guy who won my tournament. I have to go with that guy. But uh, We need to okay, break down you know what, what this fight would have looked like a, in its prime too, a... by the way. This will be a fun double talk because like, I always wanted to see this matchup. And now they meet in the number one slot of top thick fighters, Ben, and it has to go down. Now, are you picking middleweight Hector Lombard, I would assume? You kind of got to, I mean, but it's more of a body of work thing. Everyone knows that, like, one of my favorite fight. it was such a short period, but one of my favorite fighters ever, as far as getting me legitimately excited, was uh, when he was going as Hector Lightning Lombard as a welterweight, right. and he just knocked uh, Marquardt and... Um, Ellenberger, who's a, you know, Ellenberger, he's got some thickness of his own there, by the way. Um, But just what he did to those guys and then tossing around Jake Shields like a a lion with his prey was just kind of insane. Um, So I just, and and it never got any better than that, right? Sadly, that was the peak. Uh, But, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's body of work, Hector Lombard um, and athleticism for me, but. Did, 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 did Lombard fight Ellenberger? Didn't he? No, maybe not. I don't know. He beat up Paharis. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. That, he knocked out Paharis. Which is a middle middleweight. Yep, I which is the reason why I couldn't, out of principle, put Paharis above 
Lombard because the, you know the, the, it's it's actual head to head thickies. We don't get that a lot on this list, right? Like we're not going to see Ron Waterman, you know, take on uh, Rachel Ostovich at least in an MMA setting. Um, you know, Ooh. easy, Ooh. easy, easy. I just overloaded some systems. Uh, yo, OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my god, Bro. Bro. Ron Waterman's Bro. coming out of retirement, baby. Hey, shit. Yo, bring that man out of retirement. God damn. Ron Waterman. But, could you imagine how thick that, that their kids would be? Like, uh, I need to take a walk. Yeah, I know. You wouldn't even need those juicers for orange juice. You know, you could just use the thighs one day, give it a break. We'll go between the elbow joints and biceps. I mean, it's just freshly squeezed every day. All right, I'm sorry. This is getting weird territory now. Um, Tyron Woodley, though, that's an interesting choice because, I mean, you want to talk about waist down qualifying for all three of the categories that this dance is around. Tyron Woodley's another one of those triple threats, right? He's got the symmetry for the upper body and lower body. But at the same time, he's also got that really tapered waist, right? He's got a thick midsection, mm. but his shoulder to waist ratio is Phenomenal. He's got the uh, V taper that uh, you would want to see in a Mr. Olympia competition, right? Yeah. And at the same time, there's a thickness to his midsection, despite having that phenomenal yes. V taper. And then he's just got one of the most just beautiful asses. You could even like when 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 they were sculpting perfect human being gods in Greek culture and Roman culture and they were sculpting men to look like gods they could not find a way to make a, man, a statue as perfect as Tyra Woodley they gave them you know some solid dumpers and they wouldn't even touch Tyra Woodley's ass he is forever and always undefeated as the greatest ass in MMA history, bar none to this day, because not only is it huge, not only is it shapely, not only is it round, it is muscle. It is pure, unadulterated muscle, and we're talking about explosion and power. That is a man whose and thighs to match, but they don't make his ass look smaller because he has such a bubble butt. It's perfection incarnate. If his rap game was half as good as a half an ass cheek this man would be on par with jay-z with nas with eminem with all of those guys not only on par he'd be a top 10 rapper with half of a half an ass of a rap game <laughs> as much as i want to make fun of of the ass talk you're on point for one about everything he does win that category and two i just i'm just imagining because like he's one of the most like defensively stymieing clench fighters um, where he doesn't do much, but he's just quietly defends stuff. And I'm just picturing whether he's got an over and an under, an overhook and underhook, double underhooks, whatever the tie-up position is, and the opposing fighter tries to advance. I love Tyron. Will he won't move the tie-up because he'll stay locked up tight. But what he will do is he'll do like he'll stomp. He'll take one of his feet up and he'll stomp down and push for flexion. You know, maybe he'll maybe he'll reverse an underhook and turn him against the cage. But either way, you just see all that thigh and ass flexion. And it just seems oh. to stop whatever momentum that the person is trying to get on him. Like all Woodley has to do is just tie him up and then do one of those stomp flexions, and it just kills oh, all the momentum of the exchange. And sadly, the fun of the fight usually, which is another case. But 
Yeah, man, that's tough. It's like he he. It's almost like cheating. It's like he is too much of a number one. Maybe that's why he missed my list because everything you're saying is spot on. But you you brought up, I believe, like a Greek god analogy, and that's also spot on. And maybe that's why perhaps he you know evades my list with especially with my hipster mentality, right? It's almost like he's he's too good looking, like from handsome to muscles to like again. Woodley's killing it and all, you know, say what you will about, you know, his status as a fighter now. I get it. I certainly haven't been kind as far as picking him. But, man, he is all check boxes in these categories. Um, and as you're saying that, I'm picturing, like, I don't know if you've been to the forum shops here in Las Vegas, people. Caesars Palace forum shops. And they have the sky that changes colors, the big mall, indoor. Right. And they have all these statuesque Roman figures. I'm thinking, how both fucked up and funny would it be if, like, you had to walk through the forum shops that was designed by Ben and Dan Tom, uh, where they used <laughs> MMA fighters for all the models, you know, the headless models. You just got to guess what they are just by their bodies. And it's going to be extra distracting because if it's Dan and Ben, there's probably going to be, you know, where everyone's giggling at the little packages compared to the big muscles. Like, I think you'd have the opposite problem with me and Ben at the realm. You know, at the helm, we would be, uh, there'd be very disproportionate package sizes. So that oh. would be its own issue. Um, every every single one of them would just be a Gegard Musasi model. Would they? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, you can do the face too, which is great because Gegard naturally has the C. You can put the little Caesar crest in his hair. It looks kind of natural there. But uh, I don't even know if they would allow kids to go through that mall with after, like, especially once you get to, like, for me in the thick willy section. Like, it's just. Uh, we've had uh, some obscene reports and some fines from the city. Uh, like. I, this is a this is true, and you can search my laptop if you're bored. I have a picture of Gagar Mizazi from a weigh-in, where he's wearing a type of underwear where there's nothing you can hide, no and I just, I just have a red circle around it, and I and I saved it as Musasi for later. Just Musasi for later, because I'm like, I have a feeling I will need this at some point in history, and that is like staying on my laptop until I need it, because... By the way, Musasi for later, great name, Gegard, if you're listening for your only future OnlyFans account. Musasi for later. <laughs> that is a great, that is a great branding oh. right there. Musasi's going to message me going, like, delete this shit now. <laughs> delete that picture immediately. So you're saying there, there, there was a frog in his boxers as well as a frog in his throat is what you're trying to say? <laughs> it's a bullfrog in his boxers, man. Well, basically, fuck this thing. That's my no. Musasi. Sorry. Awful. Um, wow. So, no, that was a great... That was a that's a great number one, Tyron Woodley. Uh, could you imagine like him versus a prime Hector Lombard? Like how uh, excited how excited we would have been for that matchup, and it would have been just a twenty five or fifteen minute staring contest. Was that what it would have been? It would have been exact. Listen, Hector was the man who was flummoxed by Tim Boach's front kicks for fifteen minutes. So I'm not really sure that that fight would have been anything other than feints and occasional right hands from way too far away for either of them to land it. But it would have so, had that, like, Ninganu Derek Lewis build-up where it's like, there's no yes. way there's not crazy. Look at these guys. That's how they would have <laughs> exactly. sold it. Like, look at them. I mean, I don't even have to sell anything here. Like, that's what Dana White would be saying. And everybody would be like, oh, yeah. 
And uh, it would be us staring at them and them staring at each other the whole time. Perfect to have Sylvester Stallone narrate the uh, the the hype video. Look at these guys. I'm telling you, look at this muscle guy and this guy's muscles, and you just smash them together. You're gonna need like subtitles for Stallone now because uh, he's gotten worse over the years. Like now. You can barely oh, understand him. He's like, everything got a little blurry after my sexual escapade <laughs> with Mickey. <laughs> and it's all like, you're like, what did he say? And you got to read the subtitles now. Like, he said so many liver dialysis. You know, he... Oh, I, Jesus. He Jesus. should be speaking to these shape. fighters. It's, it's, by the way, I mean, a lot of these guys are head down the Stallone. Uh, and I don't mean, you know, uh, putting your head under a glass coffee table. We don't have to go down that road. I'm talking more about, you know, the liver dialysis part of it. Jesus. Sorry. Off the rails, but I This is off it. the rails. Yeah, now we're diving into Stallone, uh, Sylvester Stallone rumors. Who was the next closest to making your list, Ben, as I pull up a uh, listener list for this completely gets out of the rails? This is the one that I think is going to make people the most mad, and it's OSP. Because I remember the reaction everyone had to when he fought Ben Rothwell, and everyone was just like, where the hell did that ass come from? And then you go look back at his light heavyweight fights and you see there's the ass. And that's honestly the reason why the, he didn't make my list. Because when you go a whole career at such a high level on the biggest stage and your ass is not the focus, even though he made that heavyweight jump and his ass is clearly deserving of mention, I think it escapes that top five because it took him going up to heavyweight for people to really, really notice just how ridiculous his ass is and for that reason he was an honorable mention uh do you want to go back and forth on names for honorable mention or you want to do like just all of them at once uh no we, we could do all of them at once but uh that was perfect timing actually because i got the listener list pulled up first and i perfect. will add in that osp that's great man tennessee tennessee osp uh he is he is a thick fella i mean you could argue outside of knocking people out every six years with his left hand or relying on people <laughs> trying to choke him that he really depends on all his abilities are you know below his waist. That sounds really awful, oh, yeah. but I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot there. Those heavy kicks, ass. Um, you know, you would probably make the, uh, the the hog list too. I'm sure. OSP looks like he's packing. Jesus, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> you no, know, you're not wrong. I was gonna say he probably would make the hog list because that dude's got a massive dick. There's no question. No way. I mean, he looks like he. I mean, you talking about rest on your laurels? That guy looks like he rests on his dick. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> He says, I mean, who else, who else look, there's no other way you can explain that calm and relaxed look with a roided up John Jones in the ring with you for five rounds. And you're just like, yeah, you know, it's summertime. It's pretty cool out here. He's just chilling. He doesn't give two Fs. He's like, oh, I got my arm broken. I'll finish the fight. I got two more arms. You know, I'm like, what? Sorry. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. true. Props on that. Hats off to OSP. Um. Again, speaking of hog analysis, of course, my man No Holds Brad at Brazchuck from the MMA Analysis. He's going to weigh in on the top five thick fighters. He says, obviously, all caps, thick Willie. He is the uh, mm-hmm. uh, inventor of the name. So tip of the hat to you, Brad, as, as you oh. definitely deserve that pick. Here's one that I, I, I love, but I maybe I just love him too much. He's certainly thick, but I just love him so much as an old school fighter. He didn't, if I was being honest, he didn't rank that high on this list for me. Uh, I would be putting him on because I just simply love Igor Vovchanchin. That's who Brazchuk has. Igor, by the way, 5'8", fighting at light heavyweight, uh, heavyweights at that time pretty much. 
Um, Johnny fucking Lineker in all caps. I mean, that's that's see, he's thick, but he, I don't remember him having a great ass. Yeah, Nothing the ass bad. part is tough. Not maybe great. maybe a bantamweight it came in because he certainly filled out more at bantamweight. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you but know what? If like you... a barrel, then uh, mm. like uh, like everything was kind of like the same thickness. There was no defining feature, I would say, for him. It's hard though because if you're talking about maybe lighter fighters, it's really I don't think there's many people like because it's either John Lineker who's maybe too muscular and not had enough ass. Or you're having to dig back to the WEC and go like Antonio Benuelos, where you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Holy shit, that's such a good call. The blast yeah, from the past. I wouldn't have even thought of that until you mentioned him. I mean, that's such a good pull. You want to say beer belly? Beer, beer bellies don't just not affect cardio at heavyweight, folks. They don't affect him at bantamweight either. Look at ben, Benuelos's belly and what he was. Look the output he was putting out. <laughs> but uh <laughs> all love Jesus. by the way to Ben Willows. He also has uh Brad also has Tyson Griffin, which we covered, and uh, as he put Paul Harris. There we go, Paul Harris. Not um, to be confused with Paul Harris. That's right. Uh this this next person you're probably more familiar with. Uh although I, I love him a lot and I love his list. That of course is Jellyfish Yawn at P four S Stan or P four Stan. Um, number one, Jan Blakovich, wide. He is, man. He's more of a wide than he's he is a, a wide tall. Boy. I wouldn't say he's a thick boy, but he's a wide boy. Yeah. Uh, he's got the, he's got the, uh, he's got the other aspect that matters. There's circumference, but we also got to go with width. So that's right, baby. Polish power, right? <laughs> Polish um, power. <laughs> he loves him some Oleg Borisov as well. So, you know, Jellyfish Jan gets points with me. Tank man, oh, he yeah. says. Number three, Rodolfo Vieira, also wide. I mean, Ooh. super muscular, but, I mean, like, Woodley in the sense of he's, like, thick muscular. A thicker Woodley, oh, obviously, yeah. but he's, he's up a weight division, of course. But, man, that guy's, you know, again, I, super muscle territory, but, yeah, I see the thickness, absolutely. I don't actually know what his lower half looks like. I've only seen him in the longer shorts or in a gi. <laughs> yeah, it's a, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll I let you know him. if he visits the Marcelo locker room one day, though, because I've seen a, I've seen a fair few amount of dicks in my day from there. Jesus, right? Me too. Holy crap! Oh my god, the amount of fighter dick. It's like it's yeah. like, but it's like it, it, it's weird because usually I'm used to like you know your your athletic club where it's just the creepy old right. dudes that are like having to do the one leg pose for everything, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but at Marcelo's, it's just like beefy Brazilian dudes who could beat your ass. And you're like, okay, oh yeah, all right, Poppy, exactly. Yeah, you and say. they might beat your ass in the shower. So, um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, I, 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 I uh, I'm gonna interrupt his list here. Actually, I'll finish his list. Um, Paul Harris, the ultimate wide. Um, mm-hmm. Number five, uh, Hector Lombard. I didn't really reveal my personal story because we were so taken with Tyron Woodley being mentioned at the same time that I think me and you <laughs> just really got lost there. Right? Apologies, listeners. I would but, um, like to hear more about your your number one for sure. So this is to. fucking this is fucking scary. Like it reminds me of, um, at least the one one of the times that I saw Joe Rogan live, a stand up joke he had that was about Brock Lesnar and um, I know was, exactly which one. You're yeah, and it, it was it was right, and it was pretty it was it was pretty good. It was essentially just like I don't probably butcher it, but like uh, the the thing about Brock Lesnar is that. He, he could do whatever he wants and I have no say. So yeah. he's like, hey, Joe, what, what, what is it, Brock? Don't fuck me, don't fuck me, don't fuck me, don't fuck me. Come here for a second. All right, yeah, sure, Brock. Don't fuck me, don't fuck me, don't fuck me. Right, and that's the joke because at any time, 
he could fuck you and you have no, absolutely no say, right? Um, and <laughs> yeah. so we get these fighters that come in and some are just as scary as you think. Like Justin Gaethje, like I, I remember it was after the Michael Johnson fight and I don't, I didn't break that fight down on junkie, but I got hired at junkie at the time. So I'm like, sweet. You probably didn't see that. I picked against him, but it might've been me in my head, but I swear Gaethje was looking at me like he wanted to kill me the whole time. I'm like, he knows. He fucking knows, doesn't he? It's like it's like the movie, like, you know, the, the guy's trying to keep a straight face, like, keep it cool, keep it cool. Like, they know. They know I'm wearing a wire. They know I'm wearing a... Run! Run! Do I run? And uh, the only other guy that gave me that really vibe was Hector Lombard, and he came in. This was after the um, C.B. Dalloway fight, right? He, he had the, And this was ironic, because Lombard's a dirty guy, but the ref, just like we're going to have to hear again with the GDR home if they remake this fight, we're not going to hear anybody bringing up the fact that it's the freaking ref's job to get in between mm -hmm. fighters, and I hate that because it's a major fighter safety issue, and the fighter has to wear the hat of a dirty fighter when the ref fucks those up. And that happened as well in the Dalloway Lombard. And late shot, not right. late shot, I'm not arguing that, but the fact was the ref was out of position, and with Lombard's, you know, his, his, uh, his, you know, yeah. his, you know, his history, you're not exactly sympathetic. I get it. So he probably wasn't in the best of the mood. Uh, Valerie was in. We were interviewing Valerie. And... Uh, he was just like came in before the interview, almost like a, a manager, you know. And he's like, "So you're going to give a good interview, right?" Like, yeah, whatever you say, Hector. Whatever you say, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know. And we're just like, "Do you want to get into the interview?" And it was mainly about her. And he was just kind of like sitting there on the side, right there, an item, folks. And I'm like, "This guy is fucking still scary as shit." This is welterweight Lombard, still scary as shit. By the way, no way. I think he's like five seven and five eight. That's another thing. When you meet these guys in person, they're often shorter than they list. Like uh, DC's listed at five eleven. That guy's barely five ten. Um, you know, it's just, I, I think these guys are a bit shorter and so is Lombard, but still terrifying. And I forget what it was, but it was like one of those busy things and, you know, people, and I'm doing a lot of producing duties, especially at that point of the show for MMA Junkie Radio. We're on Sirius at this point still. And, uh, it's kind of a scramble. We're, we're juggling guests. Um, the hosts were indisposed. Uh, and Hector was just wanting to follow up on something. So he's like, I'm just going to give you a, what's your number? Here, I'll get your number and I'll follow up with you. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he wants my number. I can't say no to him. So I was like, fuck, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah, sure, Hector, whatever you want. And I give him my number. It's my social security number, too. Yeah, and, and he's like, thanks, thanks. And he leaves, and I think that's it. And we, we, you know, we load up our interviews, the, the writers get it. It's like a whole process. And our job is done. And I don't, like, none of the interviews went out. So it's not even like on my radar, like, that the editorial is going to put something up that's going to upset him or whatever. And literally that night, I remember it was 1230 midnight. And I get a text from Hector going, hey, Dan, you up? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm looking at my phone. Like, Dude, it's so easy to lie. Like, everyone's asleep at this hour. Like, who the fuck is up, right? Like, just don't answer. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happens if I don't answer? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be on Breaking Bad or on Ozark or to work for drug cartels, but like this is what it must feel like to get the call from the head drug cartel guy. You're like, okay, if I don't answer, I'm in more shit. So I'm just like, hey, Hector, what's up? <laughs> so scared. Because again, it's just like, anything he says fucking goes. And now the guy's got my fucking number. I'm like, what the fuck are you getting yourself into? This guy is hitting you up. like, um, And I forget, it ended up being something friendly. And like I remember like, the same thing happened with Todd Duffy back in the day. I'm like, oh shit, did I piss this guy off? And it was literally like, hey, do you want to come on a podcast? And like, it was something really friendly. But, you know, you, you don't know these guys, right? You're like, oh crap, what I say, what I say, what I say. How would it and, piss them off? And, 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 and it was, it, 
it ended up being nothing but just the suspense and that whole thought in my head, like, this is the last freaking guy I want with my number bothering me in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> you know, because thankfully he didn't ask me to come down and give him a ride somewhere because I would have had to. <laughs> like... <laughs> About Sorry. the airport, come get me. Yeah. Which airport? Randoms. Yeah, Jesus. It, it doesn't matter. You're coming to get me. Thankfully, I haven't heard from him since. Maybe I will after this podcast. But uh, those were the listener. Those were the listener list. I was bad. I didn't tweet them out on Facebook and Instagram. But follow the account there at the PYN Podcast. Of course, same handle on Twitter at the PYN Podcast. Won't pollute your feed. Uh, let's clean up with um. Honorable mentions. What else did it make your list as we get out of here, Ben? Uh, Misha Tate. Uh, I feel like she deserves a mention. Uh, more post editions than pre. Uh, yeah. She got the matching. She got the matching uh, uh, pair, for lack of a better term. Uh, Kayla Harrison. Uh, that's a truly thick woman, and I mean that like she is just. Uh, if there's a woman who could use do the Ben Askren thing. It's three-time Olympian Kayla Harrison. Or the triangle uh, thing we were talking about? Olympian. Sorry? Or the triangle thing we were talking about? Oh, that that's not even a question. Uh, <laughs> Bob Sapp? Dis- oh, yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I really need to. Just Google it. Like, that dude's traps were bigger than most people's asses. So Totally. Uh, totally. And, yeah, Hector Lombard, Husma Paris, and uh, Thick Willie. Nice. So, nice. I'm surprised, man. You mentioned Misha, which I don't disagree with, by the way. But uh, from one of my female honorable mentions, what about 5'1", 60 inches for a 145-pounder who fought Misha Tate at 135, Rin Nakai? I mean, you want to talk about hashtag weird, weird boner central. The MMA boner oh index, God. which is its own crazy world that you should step out of, folks. Um, the MMA boner index must have been a wreck that night right it must have been all over the place you were attracting from guys from all over the gamut right between those two she's into some weird shit like she does some weird uh um um, photo shoots too like some really weird ones like yeah she was ahead of the old she was ahead of like all this weird cosplay stuff folks like i I don't know if i can show this stuff on your stream but some weird ass shit on her Instagram. Let's leave it at that. Okay, we'll leave not it. her Instagram. Sorry, not her Instagram. Her, uh, her just like Google image. It's it's weird, man. Yeah, really weird. But I'm, uh, uh, you I know, I'm not into it. A beautiful <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's more more your speed. Uh, probably with the Rachel Ostovich too. I don't know what it is, man. I'm not hating a beautiful woman's a beautiful woman, but maybe let's just say uh, if it's a little too close to home, I see relatives instead of attractive beautiful women. So I I don't have a radar. My radar is terrible in the from the Rachel Ostovich to the. To the Rin Nakai part of the gamut. Uh, let's just say, not hating, not hating, just saying. I um, think it's a good <clears> shout. The only other female shout on the, on my list was uh, 5'5", 64 inches. And just like Misha, you go look at her early one. She never looked at, as thick as she is now. And that is Bech, Bechi, Bechcohea. Bechcohea. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember John McCarthy patting her on the butt. Uh, after the win, when she's just doing that like ass shaking thing, and he's just like, "I don't want to be here anymore," and she just pats her butt and walks away. It's still oh one of the funniest gosh. MMA moments I've ever seen is John McCarthy's face as he's like, "I hate this every moment of this." The funny thing <laughs> is, like, I-, I love how like the neck grab, which is I can attest, is crippling. Um, is like, you know, that wasn't appropriate, and that that the ass thing was more appropriate in that sense. Like, 
I've had John McCarthy straight up punch me in the back to where I filled it the next day. <laughs> and I was just working media at a Bellator show. I was like, and he likes me. I'm like, what the heck you do to people you don't like, John? Like, <laughs> you were so physical with everybody still. Um, <laughs> I also, so I have the, these three names, but I couldn't put them on because they belong to Team Build-A-Bear. Um, this might come, you know, this sounds offensive, but follow with me. Uh, Darren Wynn is the team captain because I had an ex-girlfriend say, um, or she actually said it about Jakar Close. Looks like he was built, an MMA fighter built in a Build-A-Bear shop. And Team Build-A-Bear is Darren Wynn, Devin Clark, who is named Brown Bear. Come on, Brown Bear. His dad and uh, is great, by the way, and Jakar Close. So they are Team Build-A-Bear. Do you, do you see where I'm coming wow. from there? That is so, that is so fucking good. Right? Like, and especially, like, I, I tweeted that. I tweeted that and like, the Gerald Mearshart darren Wynn fight. And then, of course, like, Gerald Mearshart choked him dead. And I was just, someone was, people, everyone's like, he just choked out the teddy bear. And I was like, oh, no. So, that's why they're not on Team Thick. But they are thick guys in, in credit. Those are all thick I mean, men. You got to throw Cormier in there, too. Yeah, Cormier is written on here. Um, I also wrote, uh, you know, Sean Jordan almost made the list because he, he, I mean, he's a thick guy and he has sweet chin music, man. That's on Derek Lewis. On Derek Lewis, yeah. Uh, that's a great edit, by the way, when any Jim Ross edit, like, kills me because I love that golden <laughs> age WWF that I grew up in. But it's so perfect, that edit. And, you know, Sean Jordan, <laughs> he can do backflips. You know, the commentators are talking about just how he's built like a fire hydrant. Like, even Brian Stan goes into Joe Rogan mode when he commented commentated a Sean Jordan fight, you know? Yep. Um, but he surprisingly uh, is listed at six foot. He seems like he would be at the five ten or five eleven range. I, but. I think he is legit six foot just because he didn't seem like he was, you know, a half a foot shorter than Derek Lewis. True. But he's he's probably like five eleven to six foot for sure. There's no question he's less than five eleven at the bare minimum. Uh, one person I almost forgot and I, I forgot to write her down and I really shouldn't have. Uh, Tracy Cortez deserves just a quick shout out because. If there's a, a waist down. Hey, if, 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 and going by the trajectory of both the men and women on getting thicker as their UFC career goes, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, she, she may be racial Ostovich light for now, but mm -hmm. we'll see what that fine, fine uh, product ages into, like wine. You know, I'm, the, 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 these women age like, age like wine, a lot of them, too. All, all hats off to them. I uh, last need, two, I'm gonna need to lie down after this. The last two honorable mentions for me is uh, Jimmy Rivera, five four, sixty eight inch oh, reach. What a thick right? boy! And he is because he's not what too ripped. He's boy. strong. He's got muscles. I'm not saying he doesn't, but they're more of the thick variety, you know. He's 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 the character that they forgot to add the definition for. They just left it at the bulk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, like they just like, ah, shit. We gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go home. I forgot a sandwich or something. And then just like they were like, fuck it, it's done. We're done. We're done. Just throw him in the into the show. Like even when he weighs in, he always needs the towel because it's like a big weight cut for him. But he yeah. doesn't look any more. He doesn't look emaciated ever. He just looks maybe a little less mass, but still just as thick. Yep. And then he's thicker on fight night. He's got a super wide back. So that takedown defense. The thickness translates to takedown defense is the common thread here. Um, this guy, although could have used more takedown defense, this is an old school name, Jason the Punisher Lambert. My man, uh, tough three. Yeah, I think so. That was yeah, I think that was, was the season. The, he was the one who lost the Bisbing at the yep. finals, right? That'll be tough three. That'll be Bisbing season. Correct, Mundo. Yeah, uh, the, the, the cop, uh, Jason Lambert. 
Then he the blue hair. Was he? Did he have a late stoppage himself, or was he just the one? At the, uh, oddly enough, at the victim of the the, the late choking out of uh, excessive choking of uh, Sabral. I, I don't remember who Sabral did it to. Honestly, uh, I, I would not be able to remember if it wasn't. I, I'll have to Google it, which I'll do right now. I'm, I'm not going to remember that. Okay, and I'm, um, I'm just looking up uh, the Punisher Lambert there, because um, I remember he might have had a, a weird. Stoppage where like he just kind of got pit- oh no he knocked out Sabral so it wasn't that oh shit but I think that might have been it too there was like a lot of bad uh, UFC 68 yeah there was a yep. lot of bad blood in that fight from what I remember and it might have been one of those where like he maybe just taunts and does the yelling thing after he knocks him out and gets all that energy out that he had <laughs> that was man he had a let me I'm trying to read like his uh... was it Bisming who beat him or am I crazy. Was he Pretty tough sure. three? I want to say he was tough three. Or am I wrong? Hmm. Oh, tough two. Oh, Sorry, yeah. You're... Okay. Tough two. Wow, so yeah. who the hell did Bisping beat? That's right. It was uh, the Grove. Um, was it that Kendall Grove uh, Ed Herman season that he came out of? Yeah. Who the hell did Bisping beat? And why did I think it was Jason Lambert? All those guys. Ble- oh, was it Josh Bring the Pain Haynes? Is that who you're thinking of? Yes, Josh Haynes. Correct. And that guy was like, Josh yeah, he was Haynes. like a cop. He's a cop now, I think, still, but it was like a strip club uh, security guard and like came down from heavyweight to make as low as one seventy at one point. Yeah, I remember that. Josh, he, bring the pain, Haynes. He had a lot of extra skin, if I remember correctly, and I remember him having a blue mohawk. That fits. That's exactly who it was. Zip. That's who he beat. Remember that poster? Yep. Still, uh, the promo for that poster is uh, one of the one probably still up there at Extreme Couture. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that's it, man. I think we covered all uh, all the thick fighters. I'm so glad our, our list. We ended up with no crossover from what it's or minus Tyson Griffin. We had one, the Tyson one. Griffin that's it. That's that, it. I that's was I'm shocked. I thought like the one thing that I was like like when you when you didn't say Tyron Williams and then your response was like he was too perfect. I'm like, but sometimes the right answer, the obvious answer, is the right answer. That's the best way I could put it. <laughs> like if I had to make the argument, like if we were about to do a a, a full blown debate, <laughs> that's my lead in. Like the right answer is sometimes the obvious one. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. No, that's true. And we could go back and revisit this list, and you know, Thick Willie might cl- climb his way to the top. You know, as far as the Thick King goes. So, uh, yeah, he, I think he, Willie might. He's my thick one to watch out for, I guess. Oh yeah, he's the thick one to watch. I think that needs to. Holy crap. That needs to be a monthly feature. After like a bunch of MMA cards, like thick one to watch. As long as, long as you all reference this list, I'm I'm happy for it. That's why we put them out. So if you were able to get through this show without you know, um, a being triggered uh, into you know uh, into some homophobic rant, which we don't want you here anyways. If that's the case, uh, or B, which I'm guessing is the majority, you were able to stick around. You just think we're even weirder than you probably already thought we were which I'm guessing is going to be the majority of feedback from this show, then thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're serious MMA journalists or, or analysts. Yeah. We are serious people in a serious sport. <laughs> I, I mean, some people use their powers for good. Some people like Paul Jarez use their powers for bad, whereas we just use our powers for weird. Whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, there we go. And and that's another hate it or want to turn it off. I don't know which one. That's why. No, and it's great. Well, no, that's why I love I love you, my friend, and all uh, uh, your friends and 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 mine. 
uh, I can say as well from the fight site, and because that's what you guys kind of do. Um, and uh, it's hard for me to break away from the MMA schedule and the minutiae. I'm very grateful, don't get me wrong, very grateful to be where I am, working what I do. Um, but uh, as, as odd as this might be seem, folks, this is actually a very nice break for me. Um, these top five shows, even the goofy ones like this, bringing a guy like Ben who I can joke with on Twitter and I find out just as, just as enjoyable, um, as close as in-person gets these days via Skype. Uh, so thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I, I honestly had a blast. I needed this after uh, I've had a I've had a very tired, not a bad few days, just very exhausting few days. And this actually woke me up, and I had an absolute blast. I loved it. This is exactly the kind of like just like decompression I needed. So thank you for having me on. I, I would love to eventually come back on and maybe discuss some analytical stuff uh, from a grappling point of view. You know, my passion, my love, uh, but. Uh, Thank you, man. This was a blast. And the, all those feelings are absolutely mutual to you as well. You're a great guy. It's a ton of fun to talk to you. You're just as fun on Twitter as you are in real life. More fun in, in I guess, real life. As, like you said, this is the closest we get to real life right now. So thank you again. Hey, man. Depends who you ask. But uh, the lunatics run the asylum here. So what you see is what you get for better and worse. So that, that does mean a lot uh, coming from yourself. Um, thanks again. We'll see when this thing gets released. And I would love to have you back, man. Pick a submission Pick a grappling topic if you want it to be a top five or if you just want to wax on a topic um, like me and Tommy Elliott did. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that, the audience, the listeners. Uh, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. You can always submit more top five topics to me. I know my man Rennie, Chris Rennie, uh, who does fantastic work over there uh, in the art world as well as on Bloody Elbow. Uh, you, you can find him on Twitter at MMA. He suggested top five club and subs. And I was like, dude, just why don't you come on and do it yourself? And he's like, I'll be down. I'm like, cool. And just like how we were talking, Ben, you're like, I wasn't sure if uh, you were going to have me on. And I'm like, dude, the secret is as busy as I am and and this and that, like, it's actually quite easy to get me to do stuff. You just got to gotta ask because I'm, I'm so terrible at bridging the connection because I figure everybody's busy. And I'm, I'm the one that's like, ah, oh, they don't want to do stuff with me. This stupid show. I suck because I have those issues. So believe me, folks, sometimes all you got to do is reach out and be kind. And, uh. We need more of that. We even need more of this weird content because there's not just, like I said at the top of the show, Ben, like arguably way too much MMA, even people that would push back on me, you know? Oh, Dan, you're just a contrarian. It's just because it's your beat. That's very true. Those are all true. But I think we're all feeling the over-influx of MMA. And with everything being so argumentative, um, especially in our lovely country right now, everything's so politicized and, and fiery, it's nice to be able to like joke and just talk about things and not take things so seriously. And if there's one thing that's not politicized, it's just a just a beautiful ass. That's right, baby. That's probably why the uh, grappling team, you talked about like the Team Spectrum grappling team, which is terrible to even reference that now for people who, who didn't tune in earlier. But like, for example, like my grappling team uh, that I was a part of was BCG. And it's, it was because everyone was the killers or this or that. And they took themselves so seriously. We're like, screw all that. So Coach Neil Melanson was like, I'm going to use my old special forces um, group name called the BCG and we call ourselves the big cock guys and uh, we actually have rash guards that say BCG and it says we take on all comers and come on all takers and uh, it's got Neil Melanson's monkey logo that he has on all his books it's fantastic which explains a lot about me I even have a custom faction ma uh, BCG mouth guard um, so oh, yeah it's God. a real thing 
Uh, and it was great. And they would never, they would only use the acronym, of course, on the loudspeakers. But you bet your right. ass, whenever we did Nagas, grappling quests, whatever the tournaments were, we were writing for our team, big cock guys. But we also wrote BCG because <laughs> otherwise they wouldn't say a name. Um, and they would always, ha- they would always, of course, shorten it to the BCG. Right. Um, they couldn't say it over the loudspeaker. But even if we got them to say BCG, we're like, yeah, big cock guys. And. We eventually got in trouble for that because that's not something you can really shout in the gym with kids around. But, yeah, man, so the, the, this sense of humor is sadly nothing new to me. Well, it was a pleasure. And I, I would do this again in a heartbeat. So cool, thank man. you again. Seriously. Uh, follow Ben at Agent Ben 10 for his uh, comedy. Uh, and, yes, he actually is knowledgeable about grappling. And he's a better interviewer than he gives himself credit for. You can find all his content and the other amazing content collectively ha- held at the fight-site.com you can follow them as well uh, on Twitter Ben's got it linked in his bio so you can just go give the old double follow there subscribe to their YouTube channel as well as ours hello there give the video a like if you liked our conversation or weren't completely offended and or, or, uh, you know uh, scared by it below and subscribe to the <laughs> channel if you're feeling oh so generous uh, generous Daniel Tom MMA for our audio listeners thanks again Ben and until next time folks Always protect your necks.